Hey, everybody. You're listening to the Shit Talking Podcast. I'm Christina Previtt. And I'm Robin Ross. We are we allowed to see shit? I don't know. Whatever. Let's go. Hey, everybody. It's Christina with Shit Talking and my trusty co- I was going to call you cohort, but that doesn't- I mean, I am kind of like a cohort. Cohort, co-host. I'm a co-something, but I'm Robin and I'm here. And we literally sat here. uh, We said that we're going to actually record this part one day when we go live. Like the amount of like fixing, because once you see yourself on camera after you've worked a whole day and you're like- Man, I look like shit. But you know what? Here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Robin and I spend like way too much time fixing ourselves. What before we live? Well, you know, I I feel like you're getting a lot of the real. There's a lot of like, you know, fixing and trying to primp and do this really quickly and do that. And I don't have one. Ear- well, I do have one earrings, but they're small. Like you, these are the things you think of when you start to go live. But this is what you get with shit talking. You get the the realness of where we are. Yeah, we, yeah, were, we just were just commenting, commenting that, that you know, know Kim Kardashian, Kardashian or whoever doesn't have these problems. I can hear myself echoing. I feel like I don't hear it. I don't know. Well, you know, I I feel like at least once an episode we we say like, hey, like. Peanut Gallery, are you hearing an echo? Can you help? You are literally our production team, guys. Like, we ask you what well, I don't hear an echo. But, um, no, if we were, if we were Kim Kardashian or somebody, we were saying we would have somebody to come in prior to going live on shit talking to like fix hair, say, like, oh, no, this should be this way. Your mic should be over here. Like, here you go. We don't have any of that. So, so here we are. And we're talking about expectations. I think we called it great expectations. Yes. Yeah, so now, after how long? We've been talking for two minutes, and now we're going to get to the topic, which is, as you said, great expectations, getting what you want in life, love, work, and beyond. Mm. And I guess, you know, that's kind of relevant now that we are, well, we've just entered March. It's mm-hmm. still the beginning of the year, so people might still be thinking about New Year's resolutions. We did a whole conversation on that. We did. So it's still still maybe fresh in people's minds. But this was your idea for a topic, and I thought it, it was, was a good one. And I just want you to maybe explain why this was top of mind for you. Well, it's funny because it was top of mind for me because I think about how many areas of my life that setting expectations are so important. You know, like I do it at work all the time. If you own a business of any kind, you know, one of the things that they talk about in management courses, or if you're dealing with project management is setting client expectations and how important that is in what you do. So, you know, one of the things I think about just from a professional standpoint is, well, you know, whenever I get a new client in or I'm speaking to a client or talking about a case that we're going to have to litigate, one of the most important things that I do in that is setting their expectation and how I go about setting the expectation. And even when I talk to, you know, new employees or new associates, I say it's really important to manage client expectations because you'll get unhappy people when you don't manage expectations. And I thought about like, well, doesn't that kind of flow into life into everything we do about managing expectations. And once I thought about it, I see it everywhere, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, it it is everywhere. I mean, another good example that applies to both of us is managing expectations of your employees in terms of what you expect them to do. Right. You know, at what standard and, you know, I see John Knockler is on. Hi, John. Hey, John. So, or, or your business partner, right? John, yeah. for this, you have to have discussions all the time. You know, having a business partner is really like a marriage and yeah. whether it is your, your work husband or work wife or your real life partner, mm-hmm. um, you do need to talk about what your expectations are. And I think the danger that a lot of people enter into is, They don't talk about that stuff, but they make a lot of assumptions. Well, that's the problem is that a lot of times expectations are really nothing more than assumptions. 
that if you have an expectation of something, you're making a lot of assumptions about it. So for example, if I go to a restaurant and I'm expecting it to be really, really good, I'm making expect, you know, I'm making assumptions, but it's kind of like based on what? You know, what are these expectations based on? Is it because someone told me the restaurant was really good? Was it because I saw pictures of the food and then I expected the food to taste a certain way or to look a certain way? But it really is just a bunch of assumptions. And I think about how much easier would our lives be if we got rid of the bullshit assumptions and we actually figured out what is it people expect from us and what is it that we expect from them? Yeah, and the only way to do that is to talk about it. Sean makes a very good point. You have to make sure that you do not piss off your work wife. Very important. Yes, John. I make an effort. I also have a work wife because I have a partner. And I do think it's very important not to piss her off. I do make an effort <laughs> not to piss off my work wife as well. So no, so that that is a really good point. But I think that when it comes down to managing expectations, it's about communication. And I think as people, as human beings, we suck at communication. And Jane Ann just wrote in, it's the four agreements. And it's so funny because she gave me that book. Thank you, Jane Ann, that I haven't read yet. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Only for the people who read it. it and you just look, because I think I, I've read that book, but I think I try to remember the four agreements. I don't remember what they are. I think one is be true to your word. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the other ones. <laughs> what no. are they, Jane? I, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see if we can like quickly figure out what the four agreements are. Well, but, I mean, does it come down to. One is don't is make is that the first one? Don't make assumptions. I don't remember the order. I don't know if I even remember all four of them. But if if I look up the four agreements ahead of time, okay, here's what it says. It says the four agreements are one, be impeccable with your word. Yeah. Two, don't take anything personally. Three, don't make assumptions, which is kind of what we're talking about, is don't make assumptions. And four, always do your best. I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to put them in the notes here. What was number two? Number two is don't take anything personally. I love that. These are pretty easy to remember. Well, but when you look at it, it kind of is, I think, you know, Jane Ann is right. It kind of is, this whole book is about expectations, you know? And was four always do your best? Yeah, Jane Ann wrote them for us because she's oh awesome. there. Oh good. <laughs> she sure after I went through the trouble of <laughs> well, but still, but, but but that is it's all that still is about managing expectations when you think about it, right? It's be impeccable with your word. That's because if you say something is going to happen, that needs to happen because you've set an expectation. If you say, I am gonna go live at seven o'clock, go live at seven o'clock because you've set an expectation for people that you're going to do that. So yeah. being impeccable with your word kind of is part of that when you think about it. You know what, Jane Ann, we should just have you on the show because you could have talked all about expectations. Like it actually, when you think about it, this four agreements book really does kind of cut to the core of it. So don't take anything personally. I don't know if I can tie that into expectations really, but I mean, maybe I just think it's good advice. Just don't take anything personally. Well, I mean, the 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 four agreements not might not all be tied to expectations, but when we were talking about making assumptions, it's number three on the list. Right. And I think the danger of making assumptions, which is what the book explains, is that when you do that, you're also assuming they're it's true and it might right. not be. So, right. you know, for instance, with um Okay, so I'll just give an employee employer example. If you tell someone, you know, can you get this, you know, here's a, an assignment, get it done. Well, you didn't say when you wanted it done. Right. So are you making an assumption that they're going to get it done today, that they're going to get it done this week? But if you didn't say when to have it done, they might just be thinking, well, I'll just get it done this week or I'll just get it done, you know, when I feel like getting it done and weeks go by and it's not done. Uh, and those are things that have happened in my office. And then we would talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I, to be fair, I would have to realize my own participation in that and that I didn't say when I need it by. So, so that didn't set the yeah. expectation, really. Yeah. So 
but you know, I had certain expectations because I made an assumption and then, you know, later it didn't get done maybe the way that I wanted it to be done. So it, it's, that's really just a small example of the problems that it causes. But I think, yeah. Isn't that problematic on both sides though? Because yes, you took ownership that you didn't set an expectation or that you didn't set an expectation, right? But isn't it still problematic from the employee side that that employee didn't manage your expectations? Like don't people both have a responsibility when it comes to expectations, one to set them and one to manage them? So if I'm the employee, right? And I know that I can't get it done tomorrow. I know that because maybe I have a court appearance tomorrow or like, and, and I still kind of bring it back to a client. If a client says, I want to get, I want a letter done or, or an agreement done. And I know that I on trial and I'm on trial all week. Doesn't it help me to say to that client, you know what, based upon my schedule, I can probably get this letter done for you in approximately six days so that they know and they're not pissed off. So it's my yeah. job to manage. And I think from the client's perspective or from you know, the person setting the expectations uh, perspective, isn't it incumbent upon them to say, I'm expecting that this is going to be done in two days. I'd like you to do a letter for me and I'd like for it to go out tomorrow. Is that possible? No, it's not possible. All of this shit is just a lack of communication. That's all, yeah, like, all it, it comes is. down to. And we've had that problem in our office and the way that we decided to resolve it is for everyone to, when you give out an assignment to say, either verbally or in an email, mm -hmm. preferably email, so there can be no misunderstanding that I need this by the end of the day. And then our paralegal is instructed to, to tell the person, whoever's asking them, if they can't do it in that time frame. Right. So then we'll figure out, well, okay, do I need to take something off your plate? Do I need to give it to someone else? Do I need to do it myself? And that's been helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, John made a good point, though, that when I'm saying it's it's kind of on both sides of the equation, yeah. that sometimes, especially if you're dealing with an employee, that employee may not be comfortable. But what if you're not in an employment situation? What about setting expectations in life about your relationships, about your friendships, about so many other things? You know what I mean? What about setting those expectations? Because I can even think about it from a relationship perspective. You know what I mean? Like yes. if you're expecting something in your relationship, you're expecting your significant other to do something, but you've never communicated that expectation to him or her. Is it fair for you to continue to have that expectation, especially if it's based on an assumption, like in an assumption that something's going to happen? Well, I have such a huge issue with that. I mean, I agree with what you said, but mm -hmm. I think so many people do that. And, you know, it's more personal with your your significant other than it might be with your boss or someone right. else. But I think at the core of all of it is that people just aren't comfortable having difficult conversations. They're not comfortable saying what they want mm -hmm. or saying what they need because deep down we all really want approval we want approval and love from whoever we're dealing with mm -hmm. and we're afraid that if we start asking for things that maybe we think they don't want to give or, or you know you maybe you have to tell them something you think maybe they don't want to hear that it's going to somehow withhold the love and approval. So I would just rather not talk about it because I don't want to have a difficult conversation. I don't want so-and-so to get mad or his feelings to be hurt or I'd say no. And then, and then I have to deal with the fact that he said no. Well, what am I going to do now? Well, Lana made a good point that she said unmet expectations is the biggest cause of relationship failure. So she read which could very well be true. But here's a question I have for you, Christina, when you said, well, a lot of times people don't want to communicate their expectations because they say like, oh, I don't want to bring this up. But couldn't that be a failure to set expectations soon enough? Like what if at the beginning of a relationship, as opposed to like on your first date, as opposed to like going through all the crap that people talk about on their first date, right? 
of like, oh, what do you like to do? Well, I like to read. Do you like to read? Yes, I love to read. Like, let's say you didn't do all of that, right? <laughs> and instead of doing that, you said, and, and I feel like people probably do this the older they get, because I think you're kind of like, you don't really have time for the crap. But what if they said, you know, what do you expect out of a relationship? And actually ask the person from the beginning, what are your expectations? Well, I expect an equal partnership. I expect clear communication. I expect, you know, sex three times a week. I expect a clean house. Like, I don't know. Like, if somebody just, like, said, these are the things I would expect out of a I expect loyalty. I expect someone to be faithful. Like, if someone actually set those expectations and then you can go from the beginning and go, okay, well, equal partnership. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, I expect both of us to work. I expect both of us to pay the bills. I expect both of us to, you know, to split household chores. I expect to have a partner, not a maid. I expect to have a partner, not, you know, someone to provide for me. I don't expect to be taken care of. Like if you had those conversations on the first date, as opposed to like, what's your favorite movie? You know what I mean? Maybe relationships would be a lot more productive because you set the expectation early. And then when the expectation is not met, you can reference back to that first conversation to say, well, you know, we talked about the fact that I was expecting equal partnership and I don't feel like you're pulling your weight. And we got to talk about that. Well, I mean, I think that would take a lot of the romance out of it. Because don't fuck romance. Nobody has time for that. No, stop it, Robin. You sound so jaded. I mean, maybe I'm a little jaded because, uh, look, I'm a freaking divorce attorney. I'm a little jaded that people like go on this cloud of romance and they don't talk about the real stuff. But if there was never any romance, nobody would ever get together. No, nobody would ever couple. What I don't think true. there's got to be you know, chemistry. There's like a magical quality, which I'm going to refer to as chemistry, which is that spark that makes you want to be with somebody. Yes, that. And the, your relationship is very superficial when you first started out. But maybe it shouldn't be. I don't know. I don't. Well, but maybe it happens the way it does for a reason. You know, even monkeys in the wild have some sort of uh, mating ritual, don't they? Like they don't just go right into it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I feel like now I feel like I hear an echo. Damn it. I don't hear it now. Oh, anyway. But, but what I mean, what makes people want to be together? I, I mean, it's not just about because if it was only about all the things you described, then we could all just put on match.com, you know, whether you like the toilet paper, you know, over or under and, you know, how neat you are and what, you know, all those kinds of things, but that's not enough. Well, I'm not saying that you take all the other things out. Like granted, if you, if you go on a date with someone, it's going to be different than an arranged marriage, which is something Lana brought up that yes, like in an arranged marriage, it really isn't about expectations. It's like, here, I expect you to provide this. The woman's going to provide this. The man's going to provide this. This is a good compatible match. Boom, you get married. Go and live life. I I'm not saying that. Like, you're still going to want to see somebody and say, like, hey, I would probably like to see you naked. Like, that's going to be part of it, of course. Or, like, we have an attraction. You know, we we have, you know, chemistry in, in that we get along. Like, I'm not saying that all goes away. But I do think that maybe we should be having conversations about expectations earlier in a relationship than we do because what ends up happening is you end up living together and you're like you know what you're a freaking slob and you clean nothing and now you're pissed off but you never set the expectation that you expect the other person to clean every weekend or you expect the other person to cook dinner every night or you expect them to to come home every night you know what i mean like that was never set until you're already so far in that now you're like, we have to have this big expectation talk now. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you do need to talk about it. I don't think you need to talk about it on the first date or the second or even the third. But I think as you go along and you become more of a couple, there are things that you should talk about. I mean, I, I, isn't that all part of getting to know each other? 
Well, let me ask you this. If you're saying maybe not first date or second date or third date, and we all know that from all of the books that we read that I think they said statistically people tend to have sex between date three and four. I think I read that somewhere. I could be making that up, but peanut gallery, feel free to correct me. Should you have an expectation talk before you have sex? An expectation about what birth control you're going to use. Well, what if you're just having a talk about the expectation of what the sex means? It may mean it may mean something to me because we're on date three, and now I think we're monogamous because we've had sex. And maybe you're like, no, I, I don't think that. Like, you're going to have to have these expectation talks earlier probably than we want to. And I think that to say, well, let's just do it later is really just delaying the inevitable, which is that we have to have conversations about what we want, whether it's, you know, are we looking for a relationship? Are we not? Are we just looking to date and have fun? Are we not? Like, you're going to have to kind of have the talk anyway. Well, I mean, I think that the person to whom that is important should be the one that brings it up. So if you're casually dating someone and you're about to have sex and you are concerned about, well, if I do this, you know, what are we? Is this, this just casual? Or are we going to be in a really like if you're thinking that mm -hmm. then you probably should say it. But mm -hmm. if you're not thinking that and that's not necessarily that important to you, then I don't I don't see the problem not talking about it. Well, I think the problem I see not talking about it is that then eventually because you didn't have the conversation, somebody ends up resentful. So you didn't have a conversation about expectations. You expect certain things because you've made assumptions about maybe a lot of things, maybe about gender roles, maybe about what people think are important in a relationship. There are a lot of people that think different things are important. And then maybe you're like, I, I don't want to bring it up because it's going to be a downer. I don't want to sit and have that talk. And the next thing you know, you're in a relationship and you're like, well, I'm annoyed by these things, but I've never really had a conversation about the fact that this does not meet my expectations. Because well, you didn't want to have the talk. But don't you have to let things happen to see if they are meeting your expectations? I mean, I think the talk needs to happen when your needs are not being met. Well, let me Whether ask you if this. it was an expectation or not, you know, if your needs are not being met, then you should speak up about it. And I think for me, that's, you know, really what we're talking about with great expectations is that you can expect a lot, but if something happens and you're not going after what you want, mm -hmm. which could partly be having to speak up for yourself, then that's really where the problem is. Well, I'm going to call bullshit and I'm going to tell you why. Because I don't think you believe what you just said. I do. I'm going to tell you why I don't think so. Because I think that mindset goes across most areas of your life. Would you ever hire an employee, not set any expectations and say, let me just see if they screw up first and then I'll, I'll address it. No, you're going to say, I expect you to get here at nine o'clock. I expect you to do A, B, and C. I expect you to check your email. I expect that if you're going to take this role, you're going to do these things. You're not going to wait to see if the employee fucks up and then go, well, let me just wait and see how it goes. But that's you're going to set that's, expectations. That's a different relationship than a romantic relationship. Like, cause you, the example you gave was that when you go on a date, mm -hmm. I don't think I'm not setting any, in fact, I think that's why so many young women have problems with dating because they expect too much right away. And they want to talk about all these expectations. I mean, I don't think, Maybe. I don't know. I just, you know what? You're scaring the dudes off. There's no words on here. John, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you're a man. Um, we usually have like a nice peanut gallery with some males on here, but I think I, that's what I observe is a lot yeah. of single women do that is they, they want to know on the first date, like, oh, are we getting married or do you want to get married? And it's like, really? Can we just see if we both like the same pizza toppings before we are planning <laughs> the wedding? Well, but, but, what about, but what about this though? And especially as you get older, because we're now women of a certain age, right? So one of the things, and this was brought up in, in our peanut gallery, let's say you're looking to get married. That's what you want, yeah. right? 
That's what you want. Let's say you want kids. That's really important to you. If you're out on a date with someone who doesn't want the same things and doesn't understand that you have an expectation that any dating relationship may not lead to marriage tomorrow, but that may your expectation as a dating relationship will eventually lead to marriage and your marriage will eventually lead to kids. What is the harm in having that conversation sooner than later? And like Jane Ann said a, a little bit higher, in a fun way, it doesn't have to be like you get a legal pad and you start like, here are all the expectations I have. But just to say like, hey, you know, I would like to get married one day. That's not saying I'm going to marry you on the first date, but it's setting the expectation of, I, you know, I am looking for a serious relationship. I'm looking to find the person that I'm going to marry. Maybe it's you, maybe it's not. Maybe we now talk about pizza toppings. Why should that be so scary? Maybe it's scary in your 20s when you're dating, but when you're in your 30s or 40s, why is that so scary for somebody to say like, hey, I have certain expectations about a relationship or about where things are going? You know what I mean? It's okay to like, you know, if you're dating someone who's like, I don't ever want to get married. I don't, I'm not going to change my mind. I don't want kids. I don't want that. And I'm not compromising that for anybody. I mean, you should know that sooner rather than yeah. later. I don't know that you need to know that on the first date. I mean, these well, days- When do you think the expectation should be set in a relationship? Like if you have to go from, maybe I, maybe going from date numbers isn't really the best way, but maybe like time frame. Like at what point when you are dating someone, do you think it's a good time to say, we should probably talk about what our expectations are here? Well, but how can you have expectations with that specific person? Why wouldn't you? I mean, how could you know someone that well in a short amount of time? Well, that's what I'm asking you. You're I saying, mean, of course, my time did marry Lamar. Like, there you go. You're saying my time frame is too short. So I'm saying, what is? What do you think is a more appropriate time? Three months? Should I have this talk? Six months? A year? 10 years, like what point is it good for me to say, I think that we need to sit down and talk about what our respective expectations are of one another before I continue to commit myself. Because for example, if I met a guy, and let's say we never had this conversation, and then later on, after dating him for six months, he goes, no, oh, I expect, uh, well, whatever, well, however many yeah. months, let's, let's even say it's a month. And he says to me, you know, I, I do want to get married, but I do expect that when I get married, my wife will not work and she will stay at home. I'm going to be like, mm, month of my life wasted because that's not what I want to do. I know, but you know, like how you can't plan everything. Like, I mean, why don't we ask them what sexual positions they like too, and whether why? they like have sex in the morning or at night and how why they put the toilet paper. And this is important stuff. I hate morning sex. I'm putting <laughs> it out there. I hate it. My breath smells. <laughs> I'm tired. That is not my best time. That's not when I'm, a, when I'm my best self, right? There are so, some wouldn't it be nice to know that if you're a guy that you're like, I love morning sex. That's what I love. And I'm telling you, I'm not into it. Wouldn't it be nice to know Is that? Is that a deal breaker? Isn't sexual compatibility a deal breaker? You know, Tony Robbins actually <laughs> schedules sex with his wife in the morning, even though he's not a morning person and she is. Okay. And he, because it's important to him and he, you know, he wants both of their needs to be met. Right. He will have sex with her in the morning. Like, and they actually schedule it because it's, you know, they feel it's an important part of the relationship and they need to pay attention to that. <laughs> and I just think that when you are with somebody and you develop a love and a bond, you, you can compromise some things. I'm not saying you should compromise marriage or children or like big things, whatever those may be to you. If morning sex is like really important to you and you know that you cannot be compatible with somebody who mm -hmm. wants morning sex, then okay, that, that's your list. You know, you get to make your own list. Well, what if, what if we're not talking about morning sex? Because I do agree that there is some compromise. So I'm not saying like, look, if I have a partner and my partner loves morning sex, we're going to have to compromise. Like, okay, fine, whatever, I'll deal with it. I'll, I'll be a good actress and you'll think I'm into it. Trust me. 
I will not like it because I'm like, I just want to go back to sleep. Have I even had coffee yet? Maybe the compromise is bring me a cup of coffee and then we have the morning sex. I don't know. But I guess what I'm saying is making it broader. What about sexual expectations in general? There are some people that sex is not important to. I don't care if we ever have sex at all. I don't care. I'm not saying I don't. I do. But that person may hypothetically be saying, I don't care. Sex is not important to me in a relationship. There are people out there that are asexual. But all the things you're talking about are getting to know somebody. That's you get to know somebody. You find out all those things. I mean, there's there's too many things to know about a person. Mm -hmm. You can't just handle that like it's a business matter. I mean, what are you going to do? Like show up on a date with you know, a book. I'm trying to look for a book, but I don't have one. Like a book of like all these questions. Well, I need to know, do you put ketchup or mustard on your cheeseburger? And what kind of cheese do you like? Those things may not be deal breakers, but I'm saying if you know that there are things in a relationship that's a deal breaker. So for example, I may say it is a deal breaker for me if you don't want kids. It's a deal breaker for me if you don't want to get married. It's a deal breaker for me if you don't want to work. It's a deal breaker for me if you don't want me to work. Like there may be things that are deal breakers. And my question is, when do you talk about those deal breakers so that expectations are set as opposed to just saying, let's wait and see if you want me to work. Let's wait and see if you want kids. Like when do you set it? I think that's, I mean, but the deal breakers. Yes. Yeah. Deal breakers. Deal breakers. Early. Yeah. Not the first couple of dates. Yeah. I mean, frankly, you might go on one date with somebody and there's just no chemistry. You know, you don't need to ask them if they're, they want to get married someday. That's true. You, you like wasted a lot of, of energy on that conversation. <laughs> but so what you're saying is like, once you think a person may have potential. Yeah. I mean, I think, I just think that also what we're talking about, it puts too much pressure on the dates because that's another thing that i've talked about with some single friends is they they would just put so much pressure on themselves on this other person just on the whole experience that it would suck the fun out of it like they would see going out on a first date with somebody like as a really stressful thing and i would just be like you need to just go have fun and meet this person and see how you interact with each other all you need to know after the first date is if you want to go on a second date. Like, that's my opinion. That's all you need to know. Because a lot of times you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, I do think that there it shouldn't be a pressure-filled situation. But I think that part of what I try to figure out, right, and I think what we're trying to figure out in this conversation where we're talking about expectations and the impact that they have on your life is that you have one end of the spectrum where you know, we're saying many relationships end because expectations aren't set and expectations aren't met. And a lot of people go, well, this isn't fair because I never really knew what your expectations are. They were never really effectively communicated to me. But then we have another end of a spectrum of saying, well, when is too soon to start bringing up these expectations? And I think that by way of being, by virtue of being the relationship expert that I am, (laughs) yeah, not really. But I think that you know, when you're looking at the lack of communication that occurs in a relationship, you do get to a point down the line where people do have that fear you talked about of like, oh, I don't want to bring up this conversation or I don't want to now say three years later, hey, by the way, I know that you haven't done dishes in the whole three years we've been together, but I really would like it if you did dishes. Then all of a sudden it becomes awkward because you waited so long to bring up the fact that this person is not meeting your expectations. And then it feels like a wrecking ball. Like all of a sudden they're like, you have a laundry list of 900 things that you don't like about me. How long have you felt this way? Like three years, but I don't want to bring it up. Like, when does this happen? Well, I mean, that's a problem. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm talking about is that you, you do, I think as you go along in your relationships with anybody, a friend, a lover, whoever, there's going to be things that, you know, as you grow and evolve that you want, that you're not getting, you know, I'm trying to think of some examples, but. Well, well, for example, our peanut gallery tells me that when I bring up an example of washing dishes that I'm being petty, right? Okay. So maybe I am. What if. I don't think so. 
Well, okay, but what what if it's something that's bigger than that? What if my expectation is that, you know, you were going to work and take care of the family and pay the lion's share of the bills, and you're not really doing that. And now I'm working two jobs because I have to take care of more than I expected to take care of. People get divorced over that shit. Like that's no. not that's not small. You know, no, what that's I mean? not small. And it builds resentment. It does. But guess what resentment comes from? Resentment is born out of not speaking up for yourself. And I think that's where people have the difficulty because they think that has to be a fight Mm -hmm. or that you have to be nasty when you're doing it. Right. You don't. I mean, you can do it matter of factly like, hey, you know what? Um, I'm working a lot. I'm not home a lot. When I get home, we have the kids. There's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of things going on. It would be really helpful if you could, you know, do X, Y, and Z so that I can have a little more time to do the other things that I need to do. Like, can you, can you just help me with the dishes? Well, here's my question. I think that, and, and I don't have any, any like empirical data for this, but I think that women suffer from unmet expectations more than men do. I do too. And I think that it's maybe because women have more expectations. I know for me personally, one of the things that I've worked really hard at in my older years is to expect nothing from no one ever. I expect nothing from you. Yeah. I mean, if you tell me you're going to do this, I'm going to expect that you're going to keep your word. Maybe that is an expectation, but If nothing is communicated to me, I don't expect it. So if you don't communicate to me, hey, just so you know, I'm going to make you dinner every night. You know what I mean? I'm not going to expect that. You have to tell me that that's going to happen because I feel that I don't like having my expectations unmet. I don't like being in a situation where I'm feeling like I'm let down. So I'd rather just not expect anything. So well, that's kind of, that makes me sad. Okay. But, but it makes I, you sad because you're just, a woman. <laughs> Men are like, whatever, expect nothing. I think as women, we have all I these expectations. So. I don't think men expect nothing. I don't know. There are men in our peanut gallery. Men, well, do you Boyd, expect? John, is your name really John Boyd? <laughs> I know. Anyway. So he says, I think women suffer from closed mouth, don't get fed, which I totally get that. <laughs> but, right, but you're saying right. we're suffering from it. So you're we're suffering because we don't like keeping our mouths shut. We want to say like, this is what I no, want. No, he's saying closed mouth. I think what he's saying is closed mouths don't get fed. If you well, don't right. speak up, you're not going to get anything. But he's saying that women suffer from that, that women suffer from, I guess, the idea of closed mouths don't get fed. Yes. I think, John, you speak for yourself, but I think what you're saying is that women don't speak up. So because they're not speaking up, they're not getting what they want. Am I misunderstanding something? I think, maybe so. Maybe you need to clarify, because I'm taking what he's saying is to say, women speak up too damn much. That's what I took from that, is that women are speaking up too much because we're suffering from this idea that if we don't speak up, we're not going to get what we want. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Maybe you need to that. clarify that for us, Boyd, John. Yeah. I have a feeling yeah. your name is John Boyd. <laughs> so, so we're also saying, he's saying they don't want, let me say. They want shit, don't ask for it, and get pissy about not getting it. Oh, so what you're saying is that women need to speak up more and just say what they want. Didn't you just say in a previous yes. comment, stop bitching? Is that, wasn't it you, John, that just said stop bitching? And now you're saying we are not speaking up enough? He's you- right, though, because that's what women do. And I'm sorry I'm generalizing, but I do think it happens much more. I think men do it, too, but I think women do it much more. They don't say what they want, and then they get mad when they don't get it. I mean, how many times have you had a client come in and, You know, at some point in your conversations with them, they'll say, well, he didn't do this and he didn't do that or, you know, and and it could be big things or small things. And my question will always be, be, well, did you tell him? Did you talk about it? Very often, no. Shouldn't he have known? Wasn't it obvious? Well, maybe it wasn't obvious. Maybe you should have said something. Well, I, I say this in the nicest way possible. 
men know nothing. So, <laughs> so did no. you pretty that up? Because I didn't see it. <laughs> no. no but, I, but I think if we're working under the assumption of, and it's funny, I posted, um, and I'm going to read the post. I posted this quote from your girl, Frida. Um, and I say your girl because I think her pillow's in your background. Frida Kahlo. So yeah. she said, she told her husband, I'm not asking you to kiss me nor apologize to me when I think you're wrong. I won't even ask you to hug me when I need it most. I don't ask you to tell me how beautiful I am, even if it's a lie, nor write me anything beautiful. I won't even ask you to call me and tell me how your day went, nor tell me you miss me. I won't ask you to thank me for everything I do for you, nor care about me when my soul is down. And of course, I won't ask you to support me in my decisions. I won't even ask you to listen to me when I have a thousand stories to tell you. I won't ask you to do anything, not even be by my side forever, because if I have to ask you, I don't want it anymore. That's what she said to her husband. So no. I, und I understand that. And I understand people like that's bullshit. But I do understand the concept of if you see me on the couch crying and you walk by me and I have to say, hey, I'm sad. Come comfort me. I'm sad. I don't want you to fucking comfort me now. Like you see me sitting here crying and you don't think to comfort me. Why should I have to ask you for that? Now, I do think this whole laundry list of stuff she's not asking for is a little bit much, but I think I do understand the concept as a woman that we want you to want to do things. And I'm not saying that's a proper concept. What I am saying is that women and men don't see eye to eye on a lot of this because they want you to just inherently know shit that you don't know. And that's why when I say men don't know anything, we can't really expect that they're going to know things and they get mad when they don't. Yeah, but, you know, I wonder how much we we don't do for them that they want. And I think I'm wondering if there's a parallel because men typically are better at asking for raises and asking for more money than women are. And I think we do the same thing in our, our relationships. You know, we don't say what we want. And I just want to address something that Bettina wrote here. She asked me, wasn't I just saying that we, should, we shouldn't say what we want on the first, second, or third date? Right. I just want to clarify that I don't think that you should be treating your first, second, or third date like it's a job interview and asking them, well, do you want to get married? Oh, I have this list. Um, you know, let me check off the boxes and see if you fit my list. Do you, um, you know, do you give oral sex? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Yes, I brought it there. Do you put cream in your coffee? But those are those are like maybe smaller things. But wait, oral like, sex is not a small. Well, that's not the coffee. That's not a small. But thing. you know, okay. do you get um, you know, do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? Um, do you want to stay at home, mom? You know, well, things let, like that. Let me but let me just finish because I have to answer Bettina oh, from her. Sorry, comment. go ahead. Uh huh. And. I don't think that you should be doing those things. That's my personal opinion. I don't think that you should be doing those things on the first few dates. Okay. Um, but what we were talking about with, you know, speaking up for yourself is that as your relationship progresses, mm -hmm. you have to be comfortable as things pop up like little weeds. Like, oh, you know, I've been with my guy for like a month now and kind of notice, you know, he doesn't open the door for me. He doesn't pull out my chair. I like those things. You know, I'm just going to mention it to him that I would really like it if he would do those things. Or you've been dating longer and you notice, you know, I cooked him dinner and when it was done, he got up from the table and went parked on the couch. Like, that's not really okay with me. Like, I think but I want me clean. But I, but I think, at the, and this was kind of the, comp, the, 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 the issue I was kind of having before with you saying like, let these things pop up organically. I think at that point it's too late. If you haven't been pushing or put, pulling out my chair for a month or opening a door for me for a month, and then a month later, I'm like, you know, I really would like if you were more chivalrous. It's too late by then. Like, I feel like the expectation has that. already, and- A month? Well, first of all, you already have a man that doesn't inherently do those things. So now you're telling him to change the way he behaves naturally to suit your expectation Why that you didn't set, but you didn't set it. 
Well, and I, if you're telling him, I like it if you do those things, you are setting the expectation. I think well, you can't wait till you've been married for 10 years. I mean, I guess you could, but I mean, I don't think that's ideal to wait 10 years, you know, of marriage to say, you know, it's always pissed me off that you never pull out. I just, I just think if you wait a month into dating to, to say that these expectations are something that you have, I think it's too late. And I'm going to throw you a curveball that I know a lot of people are going to disagree with. Because you said, well, your date shouldn't be like an interview, right? But if your goal is to get married, and here's my unpopular opinion that I'm going to throw out here on shit talking. Marriage is a fucking business. Why isn't it an interview? People and I know that you don't like my non-romantic views of marriage. I get that you don't like that. Marriage is a business. You are looking for a business partner. Why shouldn't I interview you and see whether or not you are a qualified candidate for the business enterprise that we're about to embark on? Why not? I think that if you go on a first date mm -hmm. and you ask a dude if he wants to get married, you're not probably going on a second date. <laughs> That's just, just my opinion. I disagree. I think it matters how you do it. Because like, I'm not saying, do you want to marry me? I'm just saying, like, hey, like, is marriage something you'd want to do? And I think a guy could be like, you know, if I met the right person down the line, that's fine. That's but like, okay. But I'm not saying, hey, like, it's our first date. We're sitting at the restaurant, and I'm like, hey, would you like to get married? Like, do you think I'm the one? Like, I'm not saying that. No, I'm just saying, you know, what are your expectations? Some people do things like that. And I think oh, those people are psycho. I think it depends how you say it, you know? Yeah. Like, I, when I first started dating my boyfriend, and we've been together for 11 years now, but he would tell me some of his dating stories. Like, you know, like, we had been together for a little while. And so we would talk about some of our dating stories and... He told me there was this one girl in particular that basically said to him, it was very early, like one of the first one or two dates. Mm -hmm. And basically was like, um, you know, I need to know if this is going anywhere because I'm not going to waste my time. I and think that's the like, wrong way. Oh that's definitely, yes. Definitely, <laughs> the, definitely the wrong way. I think, and like I said, Jane Ann said it really early on. You could ask about expectations in a fun way that makes conversations, but you do have in your head the things that are important to you. You know, so I feel like even when we're asking some of these qualifying questions on a first date, and a lot of times this happens before the first date, really what you're doing is checking boxes. Like when you're saying, oh, what do you do for a living? You're not really asking what do you do for a living because you're interested. You want to know, do you do something that I think is acceptable for a person that I would want to date? Because if that person said, oh, well, I work at McDonald's and I'm on fries right now. You'd be like, that's awesome. I love fries. Um, I have to go. Because you know, like, that's not what you want. You're, like, you're still trying to check those boxes in little sneaky ways. What I'm saying is, yeah. why can't we be a little bit more open in our communication and go like, so, like, what are your professional aspirations? Oh, okay, this is what they are. What, you know, do you feel like marriage is important to you? Is that something that, you know, you think you'd want to do? Not like, do you want to marry me and I don't want to waste my time? But you do kind of want to figure out early on, right? Like, is this something that's going to check off the boxes of things that are important to me? So I know if I even want to have a second or third date. Because why are we wasting our time at this point? Like, time is very expensive. We don't have a lot of it. We're on borrowed time. It depends what you want. I mean, if it's really important to you, like you're on a mission. I'm getting married. I'm having three kids. I already know when they're, you know, birthdays are going to be and how far right. going to be right, exactly. I need to get pregnant and <laughs> their names and where they're going to go to preschool. I mean, there are people like that. And so, yeah, if that's really important to you, then yeah, you should be focused when you're out there looking for your person. Um, Stan says that you have to ask the right questions before you catch feelings. And I think that's why I asked you early on. I really but hate that expression. Why? Because dudes always use that. Oh, well, if I have sex with her, she's going to catch feelings and she's going to fall madly in love with me and I'm not going to be able to get rid of her. And I hate to break it to you dudes, but there's plenty of women out there that are capable of having sex with somebody and not falling in love with them. I know plenty. Well, I know plenty too. Right. <laughs> Are you raising your hand because you're one of them? 
But what I will say is that there are also a lot of women that do sleep with someone. And that's why I said, should you set these expectations before you have sex? Because look, let's be honest about it. There are a lot of women out there that are like, oh, I can have sex and not catch feelings. But there are also a lot of women out there that as soon as they have sex, they do catch feelings. It's I real. I get it, Stan. You know? That's not what he said. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> no, Stan, you didn't bring up having sex. I did because yes, at the beginning, we brought that up earlier on in the conversation. I said, should you be having this conversation before you have sex? That was my question, because I do think that some women do catch feelings once they have sex. And at that point, they feel like I've given my body to this man. And you haven't even talked about the you haven't had a conversation about the other things that are important to you. Yeah, so you're already I mean, in that, like, place where you're on the cloud of, like, and then we had, or better yet, and then we made love, and it was beautiful, but you don't even know if he wants to work for the rest of his life. You don't know if he wants to get married. You don't know what he expects out of a relationship or what sex even means to him. You don't know if that's setting, you know, any expectation for him because you never had the conversation, but yet now here you are sitting on his face. Yeah. I you mean... Know? The, the catch feelings thing, I, you know, I think that I, I think that's really the point I'm trying to make is that you don't know when that's going to happen. It doesn't it's not magically going to happen on the fourth date where you say, oh, well, I got to get all these questions out of the way on by date three because date four, I'm going to catch feelings. I mean, some people think they catch feelings on the first date. Other people, you know, feel like they need more time together to do that. I think you know when it's coming. Like, I don't know that I, in my mind, I don't think it just like slaps you across the face. Like, I think at some point, like at some point, you know, like, you know what? I've gone out with this person for however long. I could kind of see myself with them. I really like being around them. I'm really finding that I want to be around them to the exclusion of other people, whether you're doing that or not. Maybe you're not exclusive with them yet, but maybe you're thinking like, I'd be okay if it was just me and him. I feel like before, like once you're starting to kind of like slide down that slippery slope, you need to have that expectation conversation and be like, all right, well, before that happens and I get my heart broken and I end up hurt, maybe I should have a conversation with him about what the expectations are. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't have to be date four magically, but I do think when we're using the term catching feelings for either side, whether it's a man or a woman, you should kind of sit down because there are men that have certain expectations of relationships too, of like, here are the things I want. Like I used one that was an example for me. If I, if I met a guy who goes, I want a woman who is not a career woman. I don't want someone to work. I want you to stay home and take care of the kids and be a housewife. And I want dinner on the table every night. That's my vision of marriage. I would like to know that before we're three months in. But how, do you know that, how do you know that that's not going to change, though? Because people don't change. We're old now. We're not in our 20s anymore. Like, if you're a 40-year-old man and you know that you have this image of what you want in a wife, I, I think one of the biggest mistakes that women make is thinking we're going to change a man. And I can do a whole different episode about my thoughts on that of, well, maybe that'll change. It ain't going to change. That's what he wants. Yeah. That's but I mean, some things are fixed and some things aren't like is I don't know. I, I, I think guess. a lot of things are fixed. In my opinion, in my opinion, I think a lot of things are fixed. So like if we're saying some things are not fixed, I don't know if I were to say like, I would never want to leave New Jersey. Maybe that's not fixed because New Jersey is a little smelly. So if like I meet the right person and we have to go live on the West Coast, I might not envision that for myself, but I might be willing to change some of those things. But again, when you have the expectation talk, I think you are talking about the deal breakers and the not and the fixed and the not fixed. Like if for me, it's fixed that I know that I want to have a career of some sort. I want to leave the house. I want to do something. That to me, I think at 40 years old, I don't know that that's changing for me, even if I meet the most wonderful man, maybe if he's a billionaire, I would think about it. But like, if I meet the most wonderful man, I don't know that that aspect of me is going to change. Well, I mean, the, the example you gave was some dude who expects that you're, you know, Betty Crocker at home cooking and he's got mm -hmm. dinner on the table every night. I mean, and, and you said his expectation, I guess, because maybe that's the way his parents were, that he thinks that that's you know, and Patina, I'm not suggesting that you should change somebody, but 
you know, there's certain habits that they're not fixed. Like, you know, I get up in the morning and I have my coffee and, you know, I get to lay around for a little while because I'm self-employed and I'll have to rush out the door to be somewhere at a certain time. I like that, but that doesn't mean that I couldn't shift my life around if I needed to. Well, no, I think I, it depends on the deal breakers, right? Like that's not a deal breaker for you, like to shift your life around in some way. Like that's not a deal breaker. I think there are definitely not, I would agree with you, there are definite non-deal breakers. That you're gonna like if somebody said to me, you know what? It really bothers me that you drink your water out of this big gallon container. Can you just get a small glass like a normal human being? Of course I can change. Like that's not a big deal. Or even like the little habits and we were kind of talking about like picking up your socks or washing the dishes or maybe even holding a door like you were saying. Maybe over time those things can change, but I think you have to set expectations about the deal breakers because yeah, I, think I don't so know too. that those change, you know? Yeah. I mean, if someone is telling you, I don't want kids, like I actually know a couple like that now. They're madly in love. One wants kids. One doesn't. I don't know how you reconcile those two things. I Can't mean, have a half a kid. They're eventually going to break up. Oh, God, I hope she's not watching this. But she, I mean, they're going to break up. <laughs> they have to because yeah. so one of them is going to have to compromise. And if that doesn't happen, I don't see where they go with that. Well, so, it's one of them. And I don't want you to tell like all your friends business, but like, <laughs> but for one of them is maybe the kid thing, not a deal breaker. I didn't want to like, I mean, it's a, a, a friend, like not a deep friend. Like oh. where, you, know, you I just be like, listen, Robin, we need to talk. I mean, we have to have a conversation. I haven't known her that long. Okay. But, you know, she did tell me that. And I don't know. I don't know what their conversations have been. I think they're probably just ignoring it right now. Right. I'm wondering because if they're maybe, having fun and they maybe they didn't set the expectations early about whether there would be kids in their relationship. Well, I mean, and, you know, I think Bettina made this point is that once you get the information that you need, it's up to you what you do with it. So you right. can hang around and just say, okay, well, I'm just going to hang around a little longer, a little longer, a little longer. I know I need to break up with this person eventually. Mm -hmm. People do that all the time. Sure do. And, or you could just acknowledge that, all right, well, I, I know what I want. I mm -hmm. really want to have marriage and a child. So this needs to end now. So I can go yeah. find my person. Well, unless, unless the kid thing, like I said, isn't a deal breaker. Like, you know, Stan's saying, I know he knows a married couple like that where one wanted a kid and one didn't, and now they have a kid. That clearly means the person who had the kid, not having a kid wasn't a deal breaker unless there was like, I don't know, like a, a one of those crazy, like scandalous, stop taking birth control situations. And it was like trapped into a kid. But like, that means one of the persons relented on that issue and said, you know what? Not a deal breaker for me because being in a relationship with you is more important than either my want for a kid or not for a kid, you know? But that's why I think having the conversation and setting the expectation about the deal breakers, not the non-deal breakers, because honestly, like if it bothered you if a guy didn't hold a door for you, but he was perfect in every other way, I don't know that that would be a deal breaker for a lot of people. It might like, they might be like, oh, I'm, it's annoying that he never holds the door. But like if all of the other things that are super yeah. important to you were there, you're, you're probably going to overlook that eventually and go like, not the biggest of deals. He doesn't hold the door, but you know, he's a great dad and that's really important to me. And he listens to me and we communicate very well and he's a hard worker, but he just sucks at the chivalry thing. You might let that go, you know? Yeah. And you know, but some of those things that you, it takes, you have to get to know them. Like if I go on one date and okay, I didn't pull the the door out door out for me or the, the chair out for me. I mean, I could just make a whole lot of assumptions. And we started this conversation out of talking about assumptions. I could think he's rude. You know, he doesn't come from a good family. His mama never taught him, you know, how to treat a lady. I can make all these assumptions and think he's this horrible person, but it just might not be right. Yeah.
Or you could just be passive aggressive like me and just stand in front of the door. And he's like, why are you standing there? And I go, oh, I was just waiting for you to open it. <laughs> That's a subtle way to make your point. Subtle? Oh, I will tell you, I dated a guy who did all that and he was such an asshole. Like he was just, we won't get into all the reasons why he was an asshole. Damn it, Christina, why not? He just was not a nice person. He wasn't honest. Uh, and... You know, he was very selfish, but he always opened my car door. And honestly, I couldn't stand it. It was so annoying. <laughs> it really was. I'm like, it's just taking us longer to get in the car and get where we need to be. Well, they do say they do say that narcissists and sociopaths tend to be very well mannered. I don't know. Because they're trying to impress you. Well, do you know who they are. Do you feel that in this hour we've solved all of life's problems about no. setting up? Damn it. Damn it. That's always the goal is to solve all of life. Well, you know what? Here's, here's my ending thought on it. I think that you will live a happier life if you set expectations and you manage expectations. I think that you can get a lot from going into any, any situation, whether it's work, whether it's personal. And I'm even thinking about like a work meeting. You could start a meeting by saying, here's what I expect to occur in this meeting and saying, what are you guys expecting to get out of this meeting? You could get so much more out of life if you just follow the rule of setting expectations and managing expectations. And like I said, we started the conversation talking about clients and how important it is to manage client expectations. All this world is, is expectations. And if we could learn the balance of setting and managing them, I think we would all be happier people. I, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's just asking for what you want. Yeah. Just, I mean, just, yeah, just, you got to just say what you want. Close mouth, don't get fed. That's what John said. And ask what, and ask what you want on the first date. That's the rule according to Robin. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with Christina's going to be like, no. <laughs> I think you should just say, could I have sex with this person? Because if you couldn't, if you're like, oh, I don't, I'm not attracted to him, like, just, don't go on a second date. Yeah. That's a good rule. See, we have solved all of life. <laughs> so See, that's you know how this happens. Are, do you want to get married? Do you want kids? Do you expect me to stay at home and bake cookies all day? <laughs> well, if I know I can't have sex with you, we're not having kids. That's kind of how it works. I guess there's other <laughs> scientific ways, but you know, I'm just saying in, in general. So well, I, we've solved all of life's problems. We have, but do you think, and then I'll, and then I'll let you go because we've done our hour. Do you think though that you have feeling, my feelings, but do you think that that attraction comes naturally on the first date? Because some people will just keep going out on dates, like waiting for it. But I always feel like, you know, if it doesn't happen on the first first or second date, I don't, I mean, I could be wrong. I, I just don't know that that's happening. For me, and maybe I'm, I mean, you're only asking my opinion. I don't know how these things happen. Yeah. I think, you know, kind of what Sophia just said, it's either there or it's not. Like, I feel like you, you know, I agree. Date number one, like you know, do like, how do I feel about the concept of you touching my privates? And if I'm like, oh, I, I don't think this is ever going to change. But there, are times gonna change. there are times when you look at someone, you're like, oh, I don't find him attractive. But then sometimes their person, their personality kind of warms up and there's something. But that's still chemistry. That's still yeah. chemistry. That, like, you're still going to feel like a little something about like, all right, but yeah. I still feel know that on the first date. Even if, like, once you see him, like, you know, the first sight of this person, you might be like, oh, not really my cup of tea. But I still think by the end of the first date, you'll know, like, is there any chemistry here? Because you can also find someone really attractive and go like, oh, this is an attractive guy. And then by the end of the date and go, I would never let you touch my privates ever. Well, yeah. I mean, I dated somebody one time that was super attractive. But I just wasn't attracted to him. And well, I'm attracted to like, what's wrong with me? All right. Well, well, I think we could get plenty more material out of that topic. I don't know. We should, I feel like we should have a whole other show on that because Jane Ann just came in and said, that's not how it happened for her. And I want to know. 
Like, I want to know Jane Ann's whole. She said era. that's Lord Dick. Oh, yeah. said, but I think that's how it went down. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. Well, it sounds like maybe some other good topics would be. I thought there was gossip and there's not. You know, date etiquette. Like, you know, when when should you know if somebody is, you know, relationship material? How quickly? Well, if you have your checklist, you'll know before you even go on the date. Oh, no. No checklist. <laughs> Guys. I'm a fly by the seat of my pants kind of girl. <laughs> Bettina says bye. Thank you for listening, Bettina. Bye. Thank you. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week, Wednesday at 7 p.m. for another titillating conversation like this one. Shit talking. Bye. Bye.